When Brian and I were about 20, we went on a road trip to Chicago and we stayed with his aunt and uncle who lived out in the suburbs. Our first day we went sightseeing in the city uh, and we also had to pick up some really expensive Waterford crystal glasses. His aunt had ordered them from a store downtown. Uh, so we were on the expressway, headed back to the house for dinner, and then one of our tires blew out. So we had to pull over and it was the middle of rush hour. The flat was on the traffic side of the car. So on our right, there were three lanes of traffic going 80 miles per hour. And on our left were train tracks uh, and three more lanes of traffic going the other way absolutely just as fast. So we were parked just past a curve. And every car that went by, they got so close that they made our car vibrate and violently shake. So we obviously couldn't leave the car. um, And we didn't have cell phones back then because it was 20 years ago. Ouch. So (laughs) Brian made a sign and it just said, help, no cell, please call police. And we stuck it up in the back window. Um, So once that was done, I just turned to him and I said, "Uh, so what do you want to talk about? Because there was just nothing else to do. So um, we laughed and we talked about something. Um, And then maybe five minutes later, this gigantic bright grasshopper green wrecker came from the Illinois Department of Transportation. It was absolutely massive. It was the size of a semi. And so it blocked traffic across all three of the lanes so that we could get across and people were enraged. They were so just you had every car in Chicago it felt like honking at us about it. Um but then once we got over to the other side, they actually even changed our tire for us. And so we made it home in time for dinner and we gave his aunt that bougie crystal so it all worked out welcome to broken corners a podcast podcast where we talk about memories old and new i'm amanda Uh, and i'm karen and this week we're looking back at times when help arrived when we needed it um sometimes from unlikely sources bright green sources bright green sources yeah so you guys were stuck in the road yeah. No, it was it was pretty scary. I mean, there'd been other times where I'd had blown out tires, but this was this was pretty dramatic. I've never had a blown out tire. Um does it like make that sound like it Yeah, it it goes bum, 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 bum. Oh, I thought like oh, like it does it explode. <laughs> does it explode? <laughs> like, I thought, like I don't I don't know. I always when you know words to me when I you know it's I don't, I don't know if it's an onomatopoeia, but I, I hear blown out tire. I see like like the Batman. Like ah, pop. Yeah. yeah. So like I, I see that. So how how old were you guys? We were we were in our early twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, it might have been the time that we went down there for him to audition for grad school. Okay. So that would have been more twenty three ish. But yeah, early twenties. Okay. So we had yeah we had no money. And no, no life experience. <laughs> no life experience. <laughs> like, like. Yeah. Well, just the, it was, it was just an, um, a weird thing because it was just sort of this, you know, hat trick of bad circumstances altogether because you get a, you know, you get a tire blown out, you pull over and right. it's fine. It was just that where we pulled over, there was just no escape from it. And it wasn't like you could fix the tire right? at all. So and there we are. For whatever reason, it felt really important that we had these ridiculously expensive crystal glasses, too, that we were we couldn't just abandon the car with his aunts. I don't know. It was probably 300 bucks or something. But at the time, well, you know, when you're 20, 300 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, it makes yeah. sense. And the, yeah, the journey, the journey, the journey, <laughs> the journey. So, I mean, you were talking about memories and, 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 and help when we needed it. Uh, are there other um, memories that you could think about times when you needed it? And 
like let's say uh, uh, what is it? How do you, I, I might pronounce it wrong? Yeah. The Dois Ex Machina. Oh yeah. So I mean, we can talk about those times. Sure. So what's what is that? The it's the machine of the god. Yeah, like divine where intervention, just, where like some the like, hand just comes down yeah, and yeah, helps exactly. you. Yeah, exactly. It's a good, uh, it's a plot device, if you will. Right. Which is in <laughs> the. Um, have you ever read The Stand? No. There's literally a hand of God that comes down right. in it, which is amazing. It's a, I really recommend that miniseries because it's Gary the, Sinise. And, the old one? Or like, is it? Wait. Yeah, it's from the 90s. Okay, yeah. It's so from it, the 90s. Were they supposed to redo it? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. It would be a good one. That's, that's a good book across the board. It's too long. No. It was like, like 1,100 pages? That's the sort of director's cut version. The shorter version okay. is about eight or nine hundred. Yeah. Too long. Yeah. What's your What's your max? What's your longest thing you've ever read? Well, I mean, I mean, you know, I went to grad school for English, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I've read some, you know, pretty long books. Uh, being out of grad school, I, uh, pro- a good book probably three hundred pages. Yeah. Yeah. I think you know it's funny. Okay. Um, one of my favorite books is Invisible Man. It's like 500 pages. What, Ellison? Yeah. Yeah. It's a long book. It's a great book, but it's long. Yeah. I read it in high school, and I can't remember that much about it. Mm. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> we should start a book podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess, okay, for me, I don't know if, if the time... I felt like... I feel like when I was younger... I got a lot of help from different people, but it wasn't always that dramatic necessarily. Yeah. Um, my best friend in high school, her parents basically had no issue with me being at their house all the time. And they just, you know, acted like we were good kids, which was awesome. Um, so we could just sort of do whatever. And, and my friends, do you remember, do you remember in one of the last episodes I was talking about the guy who I thought when I was little had a watermelon growing in his yes. belly? Yeah. So he, um, he and his wife, Bob and Marie, um, when I was in middle school and high school, they both sang. Um, Marie was a trained singer. Oh, okay. In a choir. Um, they sang in a choir? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and Bob sang too, but it was, you know, it was a little bit more to keep her company with it. Um, mm-hmm. but so they would, they would take me they, three nights a week. They would take me to, um, you know, choir rehearsals for different community choirs and church choirs all over in Northern Michigan. And, um, it, and it was, you know, it was a lifesaver. It was, it was great. And it was something that it was okay, you know, like a decent thing for me to do. So right. it was a, it was an all right. Activity. Well, you like to sing. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's fun. I'm a singer. You're a single songor. 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 That's, that's not real. Um, what about you? Um, yeah. I have a few stories. I mean, I could remember, um, maybe not, it's not, it's always not people, right? So, uh, for me, I think, um, there were two movies that really (laughs) helped me when I was a child. Yeah. Um, so I remember, do you remember like the records, we might've mentioned this before, but do you remember when you used to get CDs, um, like 20 for a penny? Oh, like, like the BMG. BMG Music Club. All right, so they also had that for VCR tapes. Oh, okay. So my mom, um, she got a whole bunch of VCR tapes, and two of them in particular were, one was Die Hard, and one was Lethal Weapon. Ah. Uh. Um, and those movies found me. <laughs> oh. 
So uh, at a time where I was, um, it was like right after like my grandmother had passed away and I would come home from school to an empty house yeah. that was really like empty and sad. Mm-hmm. And for comfort, what I would do is just play those movies over and over again. Yeah. And um, it was just comforting to have like a hero um, just, you know, always winning in the end and you knew somehow you were going to be safe. Yeah. So, um, that was something out of the blue. Uh, I don't know if my mother paid that bill, but, um, <laughs> thank, I'm thankful for her for getting those movies, but I, I watched the hell out of those movies Yeah. just to find comfort. Even to this day, those movies bring me some sort of comfort, um, when I was really kind of like nervous and like, um, you know, when you, when you, I don't know, like. You know when you're young and you're at home, like, alone for the first time, you're kind of, like, every little crickle, like, every little, yeah. like, noise, you're like, ooh, what is that? Yeah. Uh, so those, yeah, I, I knew that, um, you know, John McClane and, and, and the other guy, the racist Australian dude, would uh, <laughs> would help me, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. That's, I think, um, I've done that, I've done that with movies a couple times. I think a, I think a lot of people have that sort of, like... Come home drunk. There's a particular movie to put it, especially, I mean, maybe less so now that people are streaming things, but, um, you know, but back when you had, it was a DVD or a VCR, there was just the one thing that you just left in and you just would hit play. Um, I did that when I was, when I was in high school, um, the summer before my, my junior year was the first summer that I worked on Mackinac Island and Mm -hmm. I was a nanny. And then the next summer the family had had another baby. And so they decided that they weren't going to have a nanny and they were just the, one of the parents was just going to stay home and the other one would work in their business. So they didn't need me. And so, um, I got this job at a grocery store in town and we live way out in the country. So I would, and I didn't have a car, um, couldn't get my license cause my mom crazy again. Uh, why is that? She wouldn't let my brother and I get our licenses. Really? Yeah, because that way she was the only one in the house. Oh, I thought she took the car. Well, I mean, no, she, (laughs) no, her. She said it was because it would change um, insurance costs too much. Oh, okay, yeah, Uh, it would have, it would have increased it slightly. Sure, because you were a new driver. Yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but so I would ride my bike. I would ride my bike probably eight miles Mm. to this job and. Um, in where I'm from in Northern Michigan is crazy hilly, like it's ski country. So there was this massive hill, which at least on the way to work, it was down. Um, but so I spent, I want to say three weeks doing, just being a cashier at this big grocery store. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have always had this problem with the, my trapezoid on my left side, like the muscle between my neck and my shoulder, Mm -hmm. um, seizes up and so because i was lifting so much like picking up everybody's groceries as you scan it and then bagging and everything i would get to in the morning you know i'd start at 8 or 8 30 and by my break at 10 30 i couldn't raise my left hand over my over my shoulder um because it would just get so tight so i would come home from that job and i would watch rain man just over and over and over over again um and (laughs) Eventually the, I think, I think it only took about three weeks and then the family, I think because I think it was the mom who, she was the one who was staying home with the kids was like, we would like to have a nanny actually. And so they called me and so I came and, um, I think I worked in their business as part of the time and then, you know, 
would just do a day or two. So it was it was less of than it had been before, but I still managed to get away from my grocery job and and go up to the island that summer, and it was that was good. Did you ever drop the baby with your spaz left? <laughs> <laughs> no, because I didn't have I that would. If I worked a long shift, like I, they had a, a sandwich shop among their other businesses, like sometimes at the end of a long shift, that would get me Yeah. again. Or whenever I had retail jobs, that mm-hmm. would always flare up. But babies were fine. Babies are low. Babies are babies low on low, your yeah. hip enough. that. And if you drop them, they're fine. They're pretty resilient. They're boingy. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they bounce. <laughs> no. No. It never bounce the baby. No. Babies don't bounce. <laughs> yeah. I mean, movies are great that way. They just sometimes, or even like TV shows are a level of comfort where, um, you know, even, t- even today, like on, like at night at 11 o'clock, uh, Big Bang Theory is on. Oh, okay. And I've seen them all. Yeah. But I just let it tell rock. Me, tell me what you, tell me what you like about that show. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's fine. It's comedy. It's very, you know, it's very formulaic. Yeah. Um, but I think the, it's the same thing I like about baseball, that it's just, when baseball season's there, it's always there. Like, it's six months of, like, a game on every day. Oh, okay. So it's very, like, um, routine, and, it, and it's very comforting that something is always there. Like right. Like, 7 first pitch. So, with the Big Bang Theory, it's like, oh, it's always on, and then... I usually fall asleep, and then I'm yeah. dirty. I'm like, okay, Modern Family's on. I'm going to bed now because I'm not really that much of a fan about Modern Family. Yeah, but um, there's just these things that like, whether you've seen them a million times, they just add a level of comfort. Yeah, and sometimes I felt well for me like in times of when um, I'm dealing with something heavy, mm-hmm. the more less heavy the show <laughs> the yeah easier it's just in my brain always that's why recently i got on this jag of watching um the great british bake-off oh because it is just the loveliest <laughs> most simple what is that i don't low know key thing tell me about it because i don't know anything about it it's <laughs> it's a show where so they they have this woman named mary berry oh who is, is that her real name it's a yeah or is that her like stage uh, like I can't remember. I want to say it's her. I want to say it's her original name, but I'm I'm not 100 percent on that. Um, but she, she's a uh, sort of like the Julia Child of England, mm-hmm. um, but more. You know, she's not as sort of do do do. Is she young? Or no, old, no. Or she older, so or? she's in her seventies. Wow. And I, <laughs> wow. <I'm>, wow. <laughs> Um, I watched it, I actually watched a documentary about her cause I liked her so much. Right. So she, she came from a small town that I think her father was the mayor of mm-hmm. and, uh, she had polio when she was a kid. And wow. so she got sent away to this, um, to this hospital for, um, for children with different diseases. And she had to live away from the family for a bit. Yeah. And I guess whatever rehabilitative work they did with her, she she got better enough that she could come home. Mm-hmm. But in there was this picture of her in the paper with her dad on the day she was released because he was the mayor, so it was a big right, deal. Right. And um, it looked like she was doing this salute, but what it was was like her the, hand was raised above her head because she was the in... German like Hitler thing. No, oh. no, there was no heiling. Um, no, it was a. It was. Why do I go there? I don't know any <laughs> of the salute. Know. I don't know any of the. <laughs> <laughs> like, the salute, of course. Of course. Is there any other? 
Um, no, it was this. It was this apparatus to help um, straighten out and strengthen the muscles in her arm. Mm. So she still, you can see on shows that she still doesn't have quite as much hand strength. Um, but yeah, she. So the 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 idea the the narrative is that the whole polio experience kind of toughened her up and gave her that British stiff upper lip grit, oh, yeah. grit situation. Um, but she had pretty supportive parents, and so she started. Um, she had a job. She had a job demonstrating ovens when electric ovens became a thing in, I want to say, the 30s, 40s? Yeah, sure. It might have been later than that. I probably got the times wrong. But um, So she and these other girls her age, when she was in her late teens, early 20s, they would travel all around the country and demonstrate to people how to use their ovens safely. And which is so random. Like but people so she, just would come into your house. Yeah, because when you got when you if you bought the oven, right. then you, you got get, this demonstration. You got a young and this girl in your house. Yeah, this girl polio. would come. <laughs> yeah, right. But she was pretty. But she would she'd come and make a Victoria sponge cake. Oh. And um, yeah, so she did that, and then over the years, she had different sort of home economic jobs where she was a advisor on things. But then she started doing TV in probably the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. and so had this, you know, big career in a, similar to Julia Child's kind of shows. Right, right, right. Um, so she was, like, um, contemporary of uh, Julia Child's? Probably. Right, she's or a, maybe Julia Child's was a bit older. I don't, I don't, I know that, I don't know anything but about Julia Child except for, like, SNL, I think, when they were making fun of her all the time. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know, um, like, what, like, time period... She, I don't either. Okay. I don't either. I'd have to look it up. Um, yeah, because I did. I didn't mean to do. I didn't mean to do the Mary Berry dissertation. I'm doing. But, oh no! I mean, I, <laughs> so I don't have. I don't have hard facts. I don't. No, that's but, fine. But but so she sort of. Um, she was older, right. and her career had sort of waned a little bit, and then this. Um, and she has probably a hundred cookbooks. She's prolific. Um, wow. She has her own test kitchens and everything. But so then she, I don't, I don't know exactly how it came up, but she started, they, somebody at the BBC had this idea to do this British Bake Off. So basically they just, they have a tent and they go to some really nice hotel in the British countryside and they set up on the weekends. And so then they get a group of about a dozen or so um, contestants who come in and then every episode they they get to prepare for like a signature challenge, a thing where they know in advance what they're going to bake. And then the next one is a technical challenge, which is something really hard where they just get instructions where the further the competition goes on, the more the instructions are left mm. out. So you stop getting temperatures and you stop getting, mm. um, you know, measurements on the recipes and all that. You so just, you have to kind of wing it. Or yeah, know, like you, you just have to, have to, have to draw shit. on your own knowledge. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so on every one, and then the final one, they have a, a showstopper. So they spend these, they spend Saturday and Sunday doing these baking challenges. And then at the end of it, and they have these, um, so there's Mary and then there's a guy named Paul Hollywood, who's from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend, my friend Marco said that he looks like a Husky, which is so true. Cause he's got this like spiky gray hair and these piercing eyes, like a, like dog. a dog. Yeah, oh, yeah. But a beautiful dog. Well, huskies are beautiful. Huskies are beautiful yeah. dogs. Um, but yeah, so he's he's the co-judge with Mary, and he's he's probably 30 years younger than she is, mm. 30 or 40 years younger than. Um, but so, and he's a, he came from a family that had a bakery, so he's like a bread specialist. Right. And so, but the way they judge, like, they're just so constructive. And then there's two hosts named Mel and Sue, 
who um, there's this tradition of in Britain of comedy duos. Right. And so they, you know, they know they've been working together since college and they're just so nice. And there's no like, there's no fake. There's very little reality show drama to it. There's Mm -hmm. no setting people up to fail. There's, you know, no like, oh, tip their cake over. See what happens kind of stuff. Like they're just people sort of trying to do their best. Yeah. And then, you know, every week somebody gets kicked off, but every week, you know, the hosts are just so sweet about it and, you know, hugs the shit out of whoever got kicked off. And and then at the end of it, I don't even think there's a cash prize. What is there? Um, Notoriety. There's notoriety. I mean, people do tend to get book deals to oh, okay. win um, or move on to do more TV stuff. But, um, yeah, there was a girl, I think she was from, I think she was from Bangladesh, who won, who right. um, did really well and has a ton of shows. And um, But anyway, it's just so, it's so, I don't even care. I love to cook, but I don't even care about baking. Baking is way too precise for me and you, you can't fiddle with it and make it better if you screw mm. it up. It's because it's chemistry, you know? Yeah. So it's so cooking, nice to, right? I mean, to ish, a degree, right? Yeah. I mean, but yeah. I don't know, but it's nice for me to watch a show where it's not like a cooking show where I think like, oh, I want to go and cook whatever immediately. And so it's just like, oh, that's nice. Look at how they brought that fondant out. Like, oh, and weird really frosting. It, right? Like baking shows are usually like, there's like a, a like a joy to it, right? Kind of, like, but they're British, so they're not, they're not like, rah, rah, go get right. them about it. They just sort of are trying. I don't, I don't. They care, but they're I mean, not. I, I get, a, I got on a huge food network kick for a while. Mm. And one of my, I do like the show Chopped. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Mm-mm. So basically it's, um, they start off with, I want to say four contestants and, um, when did this become the Food Network? No, um, they they start off with four contestants, and they they each give them a basket. And as they uh, progress throughout the show, uh, the first entree is they have to prepare an appetizer. Okay. Then the entree, and then I believe dessert. And then, um, but the contestants never know what's in the basket. Oh, secret ingredients. Secret ingredients, and they're always kind of like crazy, like sometimes like or like just ingredients. You know, they they want to see like. They're testing for like their make their a knowledge dessert of, with Dijonese. Right, they're testing for the knowledge of like the the, the, the palate, the taste, and what they yeah. can mix it with and whatever. So um, flavor just, combinations, yeah, and things yeah. of that nature. And and you see them and like as they go on and like so as each round progresses, one person gets knocked off. So at the end, where is the dessert round? It's just two people going head to head. Oh, and then you know it's usually some weird dessert with like eel. And something sweet, right? So like, it's, so like it's always something weird, and you're like, oh, that's it's disgusting. like an eel meringue. Yeah, and it's like, oh, how did, oh, well, I, I guess I would eat that, right? Sure. But um, yeah, that. that but then you don't get to taste it, so you no, don't. I know. You don't know. But I do like um, you know who Guy Fieri is? Yeah. I I just that guy. He's awful, but I love diners watching. and drive-ins. Yeah, I love watching that show. If I'm stuck in a hotel, yeah, diners and drive-ins. And he's like, I don't a, I don't know how he has hasn't had a heart attack yet. <laughs> and, and be like he has to like just let his hair grow the natural color because it's driving me insane. <laughs> it's I think that's I think that's his brand. It is. It is. Yeah. I, I shouldn't talk about. Have it. you ever been to his? I think he has a restaurant in Times Square. Didn't it close? Oh, uh, I wouldn't. It was sure. like this whole New York Times article. Like I didn't read. Once again, I didn't read the article. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I just saw the headline. Oh God, I, that's terrible. But um, 
Yeah, it was like I think like people were complaining about it. It was so bad, and then it yeah. Closed. Oh, there was oh there was a super vicious review. Right, that was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know, like, how are you gonna kick Guy Fieri? Like, whatever. Yeah. And also, I don't think he gives two shits. Like, no. he's like, I'm still gonna drive in this Corvette or whatever you drive. Tourists tomorrow. are gonna come. In, tourists <laughs> came in for three years and paid eighteen dollars for chicken tenders. Hell yeah. Yeah, he doesn't care. No, but also like because of we that put show, a pint of sour cream on it and called it special. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Because of that show, I've experienced some really good restaurants. Really? Yeah. Like, Where? Um, I went to this uh, Puerto Rican restaurant and like by Miami, and then he went down there and he did. I was like, I have to try it. And they had fucking really good food. I was like, All right, next. That's um, awesome. There was a place I think in Connecticut. I can't remember. I went went there. I was like, All right, that this is actually really good. Like, yeah, because it's usually like comforting fried, crappy food, right? But done really well. So I am, it's delicious and like, hey, that's get fun. it, Guy Fieri. Just just do it. Do you? <laughs> I, yeah, I think he is. Um, nope, that's not a good transition. <laughs> we gotta leave that in there too. That's actually a really good one. <laughs> have you ever heard of Kiva? I have no idea what what's Kiva. Kiva, K I V A. Um, okay. it's a, it's a micro loan platform. Have you ever heard of micro loans? We're not doing an ad. <laughs> <laughs> We're not. That's totally something. Have you ever heard of the Lord Jesus Christ? We that sound like an ad. Like, hey. No, but on in all seriousness, I've never heard of Kiva. <laughs> What's Kiva? Enlighten me. <laughs> um. Not on Kiva, on Jesus Christ. On Jesus Christ, yeah. I think Jesus would be 100% down with Kiva. Um, so it's, micro loans are, um, are loans... Typically, they can they can range anywhere from two hundred and fifty, I want to say, up to maybe four or five thousand dollars. But the deal is that it's um, so Kiva allows you to loan people money, but you only you're only twenty five dollars of the five hundred dollars. Okay, so or, like you would you're you're it's a collective loan. Like um, there's a lot of people loaning twenty. Like um, yeah, so. Go fund me, like go fund me or something. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, totally. So it's kind of like, it's kind of like crowdfunding. Yeah, yeah, crowdfunding. Um, but what's but what's great about it? So basically, the risk to you is very minimal. Okay. Um, because it's ooh for my insurance days, it's pro rata. Oh. It's it's divided. It's prorated. It's divided up, and so um, what it does is it there. It's it's all over the world and. Um, the very first one I ever did was a woman in the Philippines who she needed $250 to buy a new pig Mm -hmm. and to buy, um, to buy medication for the pig to keep it healthy. Okay. And so I was, it was $250. So I was one of, I, the minimum loan is 25. It's always in $25 increments. So I was 25 of the 250. So So there were probably nine, nine other people. Yeah, nine other people, yeah. Um, and, and then they pay you back. And so the, you know, you can, I never look at the term, the length of the loan. Um, but they, they basically, they have a set payment schedule. And so, you know, you may, you get your dollar from them every month until it's paid off. Gotcha. Um, and so then once you, once you get that money back, when you're paid back, you can either, um, you can either choose to relend it or you can withdraw it. And so I've been doing it, I don't know, maybe 10 years. Um, but it's just a really cool thing because I've given, 
I've been able to, it's just the, the reason I'm thinking about this is there were on the, the topic of help. Right. You know, there there were times when so very little money right. was all I needed. Um, like when I had a, you know, if I had a pop tire or I remember one time in college I had I had this. Oh, I wasn't even in college. I had dropped out and I had this job. Is Wait, it, you dropped out of college? Yeah. Oh, no. Me too. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I really did. <laughs> Get, getting to know oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> you went back. Yeah, because eventually I got tired of um, minimum yeah. wage jobs. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, but in the so in the dip in between when I was still dropped out, I had this nanny job um, where I had to be there. At, it was a nurse who was working extra long shifts only three days a week. Yeah, and so I had to be there from four o'clock in the morning until seven thirty at night. Oof. And while I was there, there was, there was a storm or something and I was trying to pull out of their driveway and my tire popped cause I had crappy tires. Anyway, I had my, but it, and it was 40 miles away. So my friend, my friend Shane drove me out there. Um, and I told him I have this Sunoco credit card that had a Sunoco that had $150 limit on it. Oh. And so I was like, I'll fill up your tank and I'll buy you whatever groceries they have at the gas station. Um, and he, and he did it and he helped, you know, he helped me get out there and change the tire and, um, yeah, it's stuff like that where, you know, I basically needed probably 75 bucks to get that tire fixed and it was just not going to (laughs) happen. It was not going to happen. And so that's what, that's what's so amazing to me about, um, Kiva, not to sound like a commercial, but because there are these, I, I always, um. I I always support women's because women's loans because I feel like it it has a greater impact on communities to help right. people who are so far out of the position of right. being able to do what mm-hmm. they want to, um, and I also always uh, specifically loan to single women right. um, because I feel like they have less resources, um, but you know it's things like um, getting a loan for $500 so you can buy more stock for your tiny little store in Peru that sells, you know, sodas and textiles and aspirin and stuff like that. It's just all of these different, um, opportunities for people where it's such a, you know, to, to us, it's, or to me, you know, to me at this point, the $250 isn't a stretch, but it's not that far back when it would have been. So, um, yeah. So I just, I just think it's it's a really cool, it's a really cool program. so you're loaning, let's say you, you put up 25. Yeah. There's no interest on that, right? That's just, um, like you're not getting 25, 12 back. No. <laughs> right. No. They may, actually, they may pay interest. I'm not sure, but. Um, it's, probably, it's not going to you. <laughs> it's not going to me, no. No, that's a good thing. Like, and, you know, it's funny because we talk about, uh, I don't know why I thought when you said that. So <clears throat> I work in human resources uh, and we were always, you know, I took a course maybe like seven months ago and they, they, they were just going over it's basically um, teaching you how to be more human resourcey <laughs> so um, but you know they kept talking what do you, about, what do you mean human resources um, just knowing like how to like uh, navigate through the world of human resources how to navigate through um, people uh, people have issues people and you know work issues and, and navigating through um, how to make the company better what you know, what, you know, human capital, how do you, how to utilize human capital in certain areas, how to like, um, think about issues of like, if you were relocating mm-hmm. uh, to another country, to another, so like, you know, they, it's part of this like whole, um, 
SHRM thing, which is like... SHRM? It's like, yeah, it's like human resources management. I forgot what the S stands for. I could... We could totally... Speculate. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things when they were, were uh, discussing like, um, you know, surveys that were taken across, you know, various, you know, models mm-hmm. were, were basically like... Um, what do you um, what do you envision? Um, basically, basically, they um, most people always on a survey would say they want nurturing bosses. Oh, which are usually qualities that come within a very fe- um, female. Yeah, because you know, but also at the same time, like it doesn't work that way because most of the time, even when women get into positions of authority, they kind of. Um, mirror uh a very male uh, male so yeah they have to you know kind of like and, and i understand like they have to they have to basically mirror like they, they have to survive basically right yeah in, in a male-dominated world so but it's just always funny that most people it's when, what they think they want but they don't actually support it right exactly what they want is kind of what you were saying and i think maybe two episodes ago but like, oh, right, right. right but what they really want is to be nurtured and to have someone who is not going to be a total asshole to them yeah and 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 be more maternal but they're always going to support a paternal um society yeah um so is that what you want in a boss I want, I, I think so. I, I want, so, no, you know, I, what I want in the boss is more of a, um, someone who clearly I can identify, like, you're my boss, mm-hmm. uh, and you're cool, uh, and I want someone who can, you know, mentor me in a sense, Yeah. but I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm too old to be mentored, so it's more right. along the lines of, like, I want to have... I've I've have all this knowledge that I've acquired over the years. Yeah. Um. So I want to like I want to you want to be, some... be the mentor and not the mentored. No, I don't even want to. I want to. I want to. I want to have a conversation. I want to have a dialogue. Yeah. So if I have ideas and you have ideas, I want to have a dialogue about it. So like if something big is going down, like if we can have a dialogue. Yeah. And 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 basically you can hear all my ideas, and if you basically say that. I'm, we're going with this. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. But if you listen to me, I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, sure. You've taken everything I've said. Yeah, maybe you didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you've taken it all into consideration. Yeah. And you've made your decision. But I, just I hear like, me I like out. In, yeah. <laughs> I like. I do like enjoy the appearance of reasonableness. Yeah. And decency. But do you know what else I enjoy? Although I haven't. Chianti. Chianti with some fava beans. <laughs> um. I I don't mind, and part of me loves a boss that has no even um, no interest in even the appearance of decency, and who is just fucking excellent at what they do, right. and so then appreciates you because they recognize that you are good, and right. then whether like the everything else that comes with it, what they do is based on whether it's a smart decision. As a, and generally, then that turns into being a decent decision. Right. Um, but I really, I've had I've had bosses who um, were sort of vicious people, but who I could kind of get behind what they did because right. they were so good. Like if you you can be an asshole, and if you can back it up, I I don't mind it that much. Right. Because um, you're generally not gonna. I I don't. Right. Here's where this went off the rails. <laughs> I was just about to say, because you're generally not going to be one to me. And that's arrogant. Uh, but I know it's arrogant. But that was always my experience was 
it wasn't getting turned on me. And so I would kind of be like, oh, this is cool. I'm learning from this person because they're excellent at what they do. Um, But then I would inevitably hear them just shit on other people. That's a problem for me. And Yeah, and it was a problem for me, too. I Um, hate when people talk. Like, I hate, like, I've I've been in, I don't know. Well, (laughs) welcome to Human Resources Podcast. No, but I've been in rooms where bosses, like, high positions are just shitting on employees. Yeah. And it's like, hey, like, don't not do at that. your current job. No, not at my not current, at current job. job. Maybe at my current. <gasps> job. Cut no. it out. No, but that's everywhere. It's not just where yeah, I work. Yeah, it's yeah. everywhere. It's just people. Some there are some people who don't know how to um, have some sort of tact. Mm-hmm. And 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 we've all done it. But listen, I've shit on people too. I'm not. I'm not saying I <laughs> on haven't. their chest. No, 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 no. There was no <laughs> Cleveland steamer. <laughs> on anyone's chest but um I I, <laughs> I just wish I, I really feel like if you're a certain level of position like just I don't know there's a there's a difference between like I, I, I don't know like it makes me maybe it makes me feel bad yeah you know oh speaking of shitting on people mm, so we Stallone? had we had well, no <laughs> Is that a thing? I haven't been yeah, watching. Yeah, oh, oh where Lord. have you been? Oh. I, no, I haven't been watching. That's like 20 years ago. I've been checked out from the news. On a glass. No, that's like, that's like a long. Anyway, sorry. Um. So we had talked about Roseanne. Oh, Roseanne! Because, Roseanne. What happened yeah. to Roseanne? Anything happened? <laughs> Anything happened. Well, so last week she lost her show. Really? <laughs> yeah. So did was, she, What did she do? What did she do? <laughs> um. She was horrifically racist. She was, yeah. Um, listen, it. <laughs> um, listen, you know, I I tried, I really did, and I know that you know. We tried I, what? I didn't watch the show when yeah. there. I, I watched the, the show the in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. I, I have never seen an episode of the revamp. Me what were there like seven or four episodes? I don't know. Don't know. Didn't watch. Um, you know, her support for Trump always seemed weird to me. Yeah. Um, it always seemed to be kind of like, I want to be in the limelight. Yeah. Um, you know, similar to Kanye. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? It just seems like, let me tack on to something that's kind of controversial. So just to get myself trending or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I'll, I'll just pick up the pieces afterwards. And, and there are certain people who can actually do that and get away with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kanye actually just released his album. I haven't heard it. Um, I don't, you know, I I don't know if I'm going to listen to it, but I probably will, um, just to see what's going on. But he's also like, he's Kanye, like he's, he kind of has a, for some odd reason, he's going to get away with some stupid shit. Sure. Also, he's a person of color and he probably could get away with a little bit more shit. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne is an older white woman and she doesn't get. She might not get certain things. Also, she has a history of antagonizing people. Behavior. Yeah, yeah. So you know, when she got her show back on ABC, it was like, okay, it. I I I was hopeful in the in the, in the gauge that like, oh, ABC, you want to have a dialogue with Trump supporters and yeah. not and non-Trump supporters, right? So it was almost like, okay, have it. Here it is. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's the show and then there's what she's going to do on the outside of the show. So 
I don't know. It reminds me of the fable with the scorpion and the frog, where the scorpion is like, hey, man, I need to get across this water. And the frog's like, nah, man, you're a scorpion. You're going to fucking stink. And, and, the, and the scorpion's like, ah, oh, just get me across this water, man. Please, I need to get across, man. And the frog's like, ah, oh, fuck you. You're going to sting me. You're a fucking scorpion. He's like, no, no, please, I want. I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise. And then he's like, all right, fine. And then the frog's like, get on my back. And the frog swims. And then when they get across, what does the scorpion do? Stings he him. Fucking stings him. Yeah. He's like, ah, oh, fuck, why'd you do that? And he's like, man, it's, it's my nature. Right. And, and basically, it's in Roseanne's nature to be either a racist or a dummy. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Ooh, or both. That is a darker turn than I was expecting. Right. Because you put a lot of money and a lot of people's jobs. Yeah. On someone who is a loose cannon and you expect it not to get burnt. Yeah. And that, and good for you. And you know that those people, when they heard that season two got picked up, started buying some shit <laughs> because that's what people do when they think they have a secure job. They buy some shit because that's what we do as Americans. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I really do hope that the uh, spinoff or whatever gets picked up. And those writers and grips and all those people. Oh, are they talking about that? Yeah, they are. Um, I saw where somebody had posted a meme that was that was a picture of Laurie Metcalf that yeah. said, "Jackie, you know it's why you were going to watch anyway." <laughs> right, and and I hope they do. And I think and I, I would watch John Goodman do anything. So I, I read somewhere. Yeah, he's great. I, I agree. I read somewhere where I think Sarah Gilbert was going to be the lead. Oh, okay. So listen, all you have to do is kill Roseanne character. And then you just move forward. Well, they should. They should. Um, you know how in the in the original show, Dan Dan was yeah. dead. So it was Roseanne all along. Yeah. What do you What do you feel about it? Disappointed. Yeah. Um. I mean, I was because we had so we had talked about how you know she sort of meant something to me and meant something mm-hmm. to my family and I yeah. and I also just really thought she was funny. Um. But uh, I, I just wanted to be clear. I'm a, an apologist for many things. We, but you don't we need could to keep be, a spreadsheet, but, but I'm not. I'm not a Roseanne apologist. No, I wouldn't be. You shouldn't. But like, because uh, I, when I saw, I I was headed to lunch with Brian, and right. he said, "Hey, did you see that this is happening?" And then by the time we got back from lunch, she got fired. Right. And then I read what she actually said, and I was like, "Fuck you." There's <laughs> nothing. There, there's there's the whole. Oh, it was it was a joke. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 yeah, like, like, comedian, most, like, comedians are smart people. Like, they need to know. You know you, what you're you saying when you like, say you, it. You know what's best. Like, you don't, you can't hide behind, I'm a, I'm a comedian, and you're, y'all too sensitive. Yeah. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. So, what are we doing with this end of this podcast? Because this is about the end. It is about the end. Oh, well, because we've talked about HR, which we should probably stop doing. Um, <laughs> I was looking at I was looking at Help Wanted ads. Sure. And uh, then I found I found some that were a list of it was a list of 12. It was Reader's Digest, which I spent so much time because my dad was sick when I was a kid in large farm? doctor. No, in di- <laughs> like in doctor's offices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I always would read the um, the Reader's Digest um little comedy segments at the end, like every third page. And I think mm-hmm. it sort of warped my sense of humor. Um, but here's a good one. Well, so now hiring cemetery superintendent, ideal candidate must be able to su- supervise in a fast paced environment. 
No, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is the one. This is the one for you. Recruitment coordinator. You will assist in the day-to-day ruining of the team. That's true. Yeah, that, that that's fair. True. That's fair. All right. Do you have a new memory or no? Um, do you? Oh, I went to a wedding this weekend. Oh, who got married? Our dear friends Jeff and Katie got Did married. Did they get married? Yes, oh, it was beautiful. Was it? I, you know, <laughs> I thought they were married. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because they they seem like they are in the in the best way. Well, yeah. So they got married, and what, what's the memory? Just being part of something lovely. It's just being part of something <laughs> lovely. Um. Okay, probably the weirdest thing. About, you know, weddings are just intense, the whole experience. So it wasn't about the wedding that was weird. The wedding was lovely. But the um, the wedding was at 1030 in the morning in, out oh. in Jersey. So we went out. Um, uh, Brian officiated. So he had, oh, to, he had to. Yeah. So he had to go out. And um, Meryl and I went out together on Friday night. And we shared a room at this hotel. Okay. And it was in Morristown, which mm-hmm. is like sort of a financy, mm-hmm. fancy Jersey town. Yep. Um, and so we stayed at the Hyatt there um, with a block of rooms. But it had this convention center attached to it. So we had picked this restaurant to go to when we got in that night for dinner and realized as we got outside that it was actually in the hotel. So we weren't even going anywhere, but it was what we picked off a of Yelp. And it was called Ming Tu. Oh, Ming Tu. So we had picked it because A, full bar. Okay. B, vegetables, because we felt like vegetables might be in short supply and Merrill's a vegetable fan. So, you know, Asian restaurant. With vegetables. With vegetables. With vegetables. Yeah, so then we we just had to walk and walk and walk and walk through these crazy weird hallways that were empty in this convention center. Mm -hmm. And then when we got to where the restaurant was, you walked in the door and there were, um, it was this octagonal, octagon, octagonal? Octagonal. Well, so it was an octagon, octagon on the inside. Norris? You go in and there were just there was a um, a receptionist who said, "What which restaurant do you want?" Because there were all these, so it was wooden, and it was just sort of odd and trippy. So there were doors that you would pick, but it, I was like, "We are going to some fantasy island right. here." Um, it was like you you know like in um in Narnia how no. there's the oh, octagonal. Damn. You know, I don't know how to pronounce... I've never read Narnia. I don't think it's good to go into a closet. <laughs> there can be delightful things in a closet. That has a lot of connotations. There's a lot of I connotations. Which yeah. <laughs> I did but not mean. Anyway, but, um, so we had to go through anyway, these go super weird doors. Um, and it seemed like you were going into another world. Like, if you, wa- if you watch The Magicians, you know, there's the fountains. I have never... I don't watch oh, The Magicians. Oh, Armando... But so I the, understand going it's to sort other of a world. classic trope that you, there can oh. be this world between the worlds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like that, a and I felt like we worlds. were. I'm in Jersey. I don't know why. Well, that's Jersey is a world between. Yeah, the worlds, but then we went world. and it was just absolutely ex- excellent. It was great. Pan Asian food. It was the best. It was the best Asian food I've had in really? forever. Forever. Yeah, yeah. Because you know the food in the city can either be amazing or just shit. Usually shit. Usually shit. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my new memory. Um, I don't mean to focus on the Pan-Asian food, although it was so delicious, but and then it was just a beautiful, beautiful wedding. And one of my favorite couples ever. Oh, good. Good yeah. for them. Yeah. I'm glad so they got vest- vestibules. Vestibule. And vegetables. Vestibule. Both vestibule. happened. Both so happened. Vestibules and vestibules. Vestibules and vegetables. What happened to you? 
Nothing. Really? I'm good. Right on. <laughs> right on. So that's the end of this episode. Um, we have a lot of things. We are now on iTunes. We are on iTunes. Um, please rate, review, subscribe. Is that the yes, term? Yes, that, that's what they uh, say. That's what the kids say. And we're also say? still on SoundCloud. We're on SoundCloud. Either one. Uh, we um, have the Twitter, right? We have Twitter. What we, else we have, have Instagram. What else? Facebook. They can email us. You can email us at brokencorners what at gmail.com. What are we taking? Let's take some stuff from them. Dignity. No, no they, they have Money. None. If they listen to us, they have none. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, like, uh, let's take some memories. Maybe we should start taking some memories down and laugh at them. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? If this, uh, if this week's episode stirred up anything for you, feel free. You want to share a memory of your own about it? Um, send it to us on Twitter. You could, as they say, slide into our DMs. I don't, I don't I like don't, that. I don't like, I don't like I'm too that. old for that. No, please stop that. Don't say that again. <laughs> no, ever again. Uh, but you could, you could message us. You could email us. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, we would. All right. So thanks that, for listening. Thank you. Bye.